Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand spanking new episode of That's Odd. I'm one of your hosts, Johnny Townsend, and with me is my good buddy, my friend, my compadre, Chris Chavez. What's up, Johnny? I ran out of adjectives for friend. I, <laughs> I know three. <laughs> Amigo? Is that one? Oh, that's a good one. Oh, yeah, that's go. one. That's good. Uh, Can't believe I buddy, think of that. buddy, pal. Uh, I don't know anyone. You're my, you're my Buzz Lightyear to my, <laughs> to your Woody. To my, to my Woody. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is going into other territory all of a sudden. <laughs> that's a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Oh man, uh, how's it going, man? How you been? Doing well. Uh, of course. We all know that our, our other buddy who does History Creeps with us is doing very well right now because uh, Carter and his wife officially have a new child in the, that came into this world, Yeah, and we're very, very happy for him, so we wanted to send out a quick uh, congratulations to him. Yeah, Princess Leia Carter. Princess isn't the real, real name. I just threw that in there, but that's pretty sweet. Congratulations to them, and listeners who follow along will know about it because we talked about it a lot in the past few episodes um we even talked about it when he first found out so it feels like everybody's all a part of this one big yeah. history creeps family you know what i mean we've been on this journey with him in a way <laughs> true <laughs> true we really have been all the aching backs and sore feet and trips to the hospital uh <laughs> you know we're all feeling it too come on oh yeah oh yeah for sure he's gonna listen I know back. exactly I know exactly what it's like to be pregnant. I know every. <laughs> He's gonna listen back and be like, "You guys have no idea." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So yeah, he's uh, if if you haven't heard before, and your first experience is with us on that's odd. Uh, this is a offshoot of our other podcast, History Creeps, in which myself, Johnny, and Carter come usually with one topic. One of us presents, and uh, we just get into the the meaty, creepy parts of history. This one is just actually me and Johnny. We come with two little vignettes of uh, odd instances, odd, weird things throughout history, things you may never have heard of. Um, and you were saying tonight, yours is actually it's 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 not creepy or odd. It's it's what did you say it was? I can't remember what you said now. It's it's very it, it's very fascinating to me. It's the best way to let's let's go back, Chris, to the the 1930s. Now, you know, there was a this is after uh, prohibition. So that's just ended just to give you a, a little bit of the timeline there. Uh, Chris, I'm going to ask you a question. All right. When okay. you go to the when you go to the grocery store and you're going to buy milk because you need milk, what's the first thing you check on that milk bottle? Expiration date. Exactly. The expiration date. What's the second thing? You, what's the second thing you check? Uh, is this milk? <laughs> I'm always like, okay, is this the low fat, or or do you already know that you know how they have different colors for the labels? You no, already know. Yeah. So you don't even have to look. Yeah, at, you don't even have to look yeah. at the label. You just go to the color. Yeah, that's that's true. That's <laughs> funny. Okay, so well, but like you said, the first thing you check is the expiration date. Yeah. But where but where did that kind of come from? When did that start? That's why we're going back to the 1930s for this beautiful history lesson that I'm sure is not boring at all. <laughs> uh, you know, before before they started putting expiration dates on foods, people would just eat or drink the food, and they would get sick. I mean, <laughs> it was happening a lot. Uh, so, a man named Ralph decided that things needed to be done. Uh, the The story goes that there was somebody in his family, or it may even be uh, been him. The story's kind of murky on this. Got sick because they drank milk that was uh, rotten or spoiled. And there, at this time, there was no dates of expiration on those. 
So Ralph decided that he needed to do something about this. He goes to his brother and gets his brother on board. Because, you know, I guess two heads are better than one. Yeah. And then they decide together that, yes, this is a big issue. They needed to take care of this. People were getting sick all the time. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you've ever had food poisoning, Chris, but oh. it's the worst thing. It's the worst thing ever. It really is. It's, uh, it's, pr- it's I pretty terrible. I wouldn't wish it on anyone, not even my enemies. It is a, the most horrible feeling when you have food poisoning. The, the chills, the sweats, the vomiting, the oh yeah, the rest of it. No thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's just complete misery. Is all it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. It's just terrible. So they needed to do something about that is, this. This is, you said Ralph's brother? Ralph and his brother. Do we know his brother's name? We'll get to that shortly. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, Ralph and his brother, did they agreed they needed to do something about this. And they were actually already major players in the, in the milk industry at this time. <laughs> like titans of the dairy. <laughs> yeah. The dairy <laughs> empires. <laughs> yeah. They were the Vanderbilts of milk. This needs to be a Netflix series. <laughs> Yeah, it does. It could be like a really uh, calcium-filled episode of Mad Men or something. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the reason that, besides the fact that they, Ralph and his brother, were titans of the milk industry, the other reason that they were more qualified to do this is because they would get things done. They were actually considered to be the first ones to open a, a soup kitchen in Chicago. Oh, really? And they even, uh, the, the neighborhood really loved them because they would actually, not only did they open it, and obviously they had plenty of money, but they would actually even work there at the soup kitchen themselves. You know, they feed needy families and, and homeless. Nice. So they were so they were doing all kinds of really nice charitable stuff. They were kind of known as a, uh, I mean, during this time, sort of a Robin Hood kind of feel and vibe. You know, this is the same time as your gangsters and such was going on. It's the 30s. Yeah. Uh, you know, pro- uh, Prohibition just ended. So, you know, it's it's kind of a, a Wild West Capone, now. Al Capone right now in Chicago. Yeah, so everything's going on. So, you know, it's they go to the dairy industry, and they did not give up. They pushed and pushed and pushed until finally they gave up and said, okay, we'll add expiration dates to our milk. And as soon as they did this, uh, Ralph and his brother's uh, company, the, when the milk company actually started making even more money they were selling more milk than they ever had before people were not afraid to buy it now they had a lot more assurances when they would drink it nice but the other thing that really helped all this to get this pushed through was that ralph's last name was capone and his brother (laughs) was al (laughs) dude that's amazing so what had happened is right after prohibition obviously you know that kind of ends all of that bootlegging stuff yeah and so that was half of what the you know capone was known for and for the the gangs and such was had a lot to do with alcohol uh-huh but now that anybody could get it there was a lot less money in that so he was trying to decide what he could do what he could get into uh that would be just as profitable and the closest thing he could think of was milk that is so, amazing so he decides he's going to take over this milk company and by the way <laughs> one of the things that i read was that uh, you know during this time the uh, the teamsters were really big uh-huh and there was and on the on the when it comes to milk you had to get it from a certain uh distributor and and capone wanted to get it from a different state because it would be cheaper 
but the union wouldn't let him. So what's he do? He goes and kidnaps that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, obviously, if you're kidnapped, you're like, you know what? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what? I don't. I don't know what I was thinking that day. I was just having a bad day. Just having a bad day. Of course, I'll yeah. do it. And when and when you're Al Capone, you got a bit of a a reputation. <laughs> <laughs> Your his reputation say. precedes him. Yes. Yes. So when you look at your milk expiration dates, it's kind of, to me, fascinating to understand that Al Capone had a little something to do with that. That's amazing, dude. You know what I thought this, where I thought this was going to go? I thought you were going to tell me that for some reason these guys had something like Louis Pasteur was a part of these, this story. Like maybe the brother was Louis and you didn't want to. It's hilarious. When you said gangsters, I'm like, 30s? Yeah, that's Al Capone in Chicago right about now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so don't blow your mind. The other thing that really blew my mind is, I mean, I don't want to say this guy was great because obviously it's he's he, he was the reason that a lot of people lost their lives. Yeah. And a lot of terrible things happened under his watch. He was in charge of a lot of terrible things. Yeah. But at the same time, he was giving back to his community, which was Chicago. Yeah. I mean, he they opened the first soup kitchen. They really he would they said he would actually go and work in the kitchen himself, and uh, and this whole milk expiration thing. So even though he definitely was not a good guy, he did at least do some things. Crazy. <laughs> not right? saying it made up. It, it didn't make up for anything really in the end. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm a huge, a huge like mafia buff. I, I, I love all things mafia, the stories, the, the history. I love that stuff. Um, and I don't know why it's weird, right? But it must be because of like the romanticism, the glorification that Hollywood's had a hand in. Um, but I do. I love it. I love the Godfather films. I love Goodfellas. I love that stuff. Uh, so I usually know a lot about that. That's why I knew, you know, you tell me the year, I could tell you who's probably where, who was the head of which family at what time, who went to war with who. Yeah, I never heard about Al Capone having a hand in the milk thing. That's amazing. He's a he's a fascinating character. Oh yeah, but it's weird to say that because, like I said, he was kind of a monster at the same time. But he also was the same. This was the same Al Capone who ended up in Alcatraz. Yeah, and was screaming that his cell was haunted. Yeah, so. did we talk about that on History Creeps? I think we may have. I think may it might have, have been a brief mention somewhere. Yeah, or something like that. But yeah, so he was a. A fascinating person, to say the least. And all this comes from his niece. Uh, had actually written a book. I can't remember what it's called. Some the word Al Capone's in it. Uncle Alan. <laughs> yeah. Uncle Alan the Milkman. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's amazing, dude. That's a great story. I remember you when I was asking you what you're doing, and, and your response was, "I'm only going to say it has to do with milk." I was like, "Oh, well, cool. We'll see where this goes." <laughs> I wanted the twist. I want to do an M. Night Shyamalan twist. I like it, dude. I really yeah. do. Mine's not a... There's no twists. In, well, there's no twists, uh, but... Well, I was going to say, it could be an M. Night Shyamalan film, but still, it's not It's not his kind of film. It would maybe be along the lines of, like... I don't know. Jason. Whoever does the Jason films. Um, okay. That's, that's a bit different. <laughs> see, this came out of nowhere. Wait till you hear this. So, tonight... I'm, today, I'm going to tell you guys about... Olga of Kiev. If you've never heard of Olga of Kiev, uh, she is Olga, a.k.a. Holy Equal to the Apostles Olga, a.k.a. Saint Olga. So Olga was, uh, let me just start at the very top just to saying who she is. She was at a one-time ruler of the Kievan Rush, which Kievan Rush, um, in the year between like 6th century and 10th century, the whole area of like Eastern Russia, Ukraine, Belarus, that was that was like this this empire known as Kievan Rush. And it was it was 
inhabited by all kinds of different tribes and different tribes held little pieces of land just outside of it as well. Um, and in those times in the, between the sixth and 10th century, it was, uh, like I said, all kinds of nomadic tribes and farmers. So if you think about like early American history, like the, the tribes, the Indian tribes, native American tribes, uh, kind of like that, but these were made up of like the eat the Slavs. Um, so she was the she ruled that area from 945 to 963. Uh, her efforts to spread Christianity and her her grandson's successful conversion of the entire nation to Christianity got her venerated as a saint. But it was what she did before all this that makes her an odd choice for sainthood. Yeah, let me say real quick, Chris. I actually yeah. googled a pic- pictures of her. Yeah. And she has many, many paintings done of her. Yeah. And every single one that I saw <laughs> were very uh, religious in nature, like a lot of crosses. Yeah, because she's a, lot a of, saint, yeah. Yeah, a lot of poses that really would, like she's praying and that kind of thing. Okay, so. I want you to have that image in your head as I tell you a story, okay? Okay. So let me give you just a little bit, because um, I'm, I'm definitely no expert. It was something I was had to look kind of look into and read a little bit about to find out some. So if I mess up some stuff here... You know, forgive me if if you you know what I, you know I'm talking about and I'm wrong. Uh, but this, between the sixth and tenth century, like I said, Kiev and Rush was a bunch of different tribes, Eastern Slavic farmers, nomadic herdsmen, that kind of thing, uh, and they had rulers over them. Uh, in 1883, Prince Oleg uh, ruled the land and ruled over almost all of that area, and he made all the different tribes pay a tribute to Kiev, which was their tribe, their main tribe. After he died, uh, Olga's husband, Igor, took over. So in 912, Igor of of Kiev becomes the ruler. (laughs) These are terrible names. I know. Olga and Igor. (laughs) Olga and Igor. Right. (laughs) Yes, master. (laughs) Yes. Olga. Walk this way. Pull the curl. (laughs) That's beautiful, dude. Young Frankenstein. Uh, so yeah. So so here's the deal. Uh, eight eighty three. Prince Oleg's making these all these tribes pay tribute. Right. Uh, he dies in nine twelve. Uh, Olga's husband Igor takes over. You know, ruling the land. One of the tribes that inhabits the land. They're called the Drev- Drevlians. Um, during this time, they were while uh, Prince Oleg was in power. The Drevlians paid tribute. When Oleg died in 1912, they stopped. And you pull one, you know, one warlord out, another one fills that vacuum. And this warlord, um, uh, I forgot, he was like a neighboring warlord. He basically muscles his way in uh, and starts taking the tribute to payment. He demands that the Drevlians pay him. And they do. They start making those payments. So from 1912 to 1945, Igor's like, WTF, guys, where's my money? You know, like uh, I, He's, he sent that very same text message. It's a quote. <laughs> this is an actual text. No, uh, but like so li- like think what is that? Uh, 1912, 1945, 33 years for 33 years. He's not getting any money from this tribe. And he's like, wait, did they move on? Like, what happened? Did we break up? You didn't tell me. So he <laughs> he decides he's going to go check it out. Right. He's like, all right, I'm going to go down there, knock on the door, you know, maybe show him a baseball bat and, and get my money. He goes down. What he didn't expect uh, was that he was met by a bunch of Drevlians, like a mob, uh, when he got near near their their settlement. They captured him. And now this is a quote. I'm about to quote to you how they killed him. 
Um, this quote is it's it's comes out of oh, what was it called? The Russian something or other. It's the actual um oh man, I wish I could remember. Let me see if I can look it up real quick. Russian primary con chronicle. This is like their some of their early historical writings. Um so this is what 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 this says. Quote they bent down two birch trees to the prince's feet, tied them to his legs. Then, oh, no. then they let the trees straighten again, thus tearing the prince's body apart. Oh my goodness! First of wow. all, first you never, of you'll all, ne- you'll never see that ride at Disneyland. Who? <laughs> 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 You know, and I get it because back in those days, it was a lot more barbarism. You know, it was more barbaric way oh, yeah. of living. But God, like, I would not want, I couldn't even understand seeing that. I see a bunch, of, I've seen horror movies, I've seen Saw, and I've seen that stuff. But in real life, you know what I mean? That just sounds just horrible. That's just awful. Oh, my God. So, according to this chronicle, this Russian chronicle, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Olga got a little a little pissed, dude. She was a have little. You ever, have you ever seen? Sorry to interrupt you. No, have no, you ever no. seen Robin? Have you ever seen Robin Hood Men in Tights? Yeah. <laughs> There's that part where Robin Hood he split her right in twain. Oh. <laughs> That's, <what I> can... <laughs> That's right, dude. That movie's so great. I love it. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's a, it's a classic to me. <laughs> this dude was torn in twain. Good lord. <laughs> yeah. And uh dude, yeah, his his wife was Olga was just like she wasn't having it. She would she she was absolutely pissed, right? Um so now the following account here also comes from this this uh chronicle. So right after her husband dies, their son is only three years old, so Olga becomes the official ruler of of Kievan Rus. She's gonna rule until her son, you know, is old enough to. And all of a sudden, this tribe, this Drevlian tribe, starts to like pressure her. Like, look, you should marry our prince. We should combine tribes, and we could rule, you know, Kiev and Rus. This dude's name is Prince Maul. In my head, right away, I see Darth <laughs> Darth, Darth Maul. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> With all these bar- barbarians around him, just you know, marching into her town. But they're just like, you need to marry him, and we'll just combine, you know, to do this, and he'll stay in power until your son uh, gets old enough. And she's like, you ain't, are you crazy? You are crazy, right? So this is what she decides to do. She, she sends them a message and says, as a matter of fact, that's a great idea. Uh, if you could do me a favor, why don't you go ahead and send about 20 of your best men um, and I'll talk to them. I'll give them audience. So the Drevlians send 20 of their best men to, to go talk to her, to try to persuade her, right? She has, before they arrive, she has this huge hole dug in the ground. And I'm assuming it's, it's on, on the path into the, the settlement, whatever it is. Huge, right? Here comes the, the, these guys on their horses and, and the, the way they're walking in. And all of a sudden, they all fall through this hole. She basically stands at the top of the hole, looks down at her, and is like, F you. And then has all her, her men around her start burying them all alive. Wow. So this she... So she set it like a trap. The, the hole was covered. I assume yeah. they didn't know it was covered. I'm assuming it didn't. It, there was no like. Uh, there was no like uh, exact details on too much of it. I know that there was this yeah. huge hole, and that's how she tricked them into getting falling into it. And I would hope. I would hope it would be that either that or they're just <laughs> whole bunch is of that guy's. <laughs> yeah, that guy's best man. We're all just really clumsy. <laughs> <laughs> so so she buries them all. Right, buries them. 
Then she has yeah. another message sent to the Drevlians telling the prince that she's accepting the proposal. But she needs like a whole bu- like a whole cadre of, of their most disting- distinguished, most important nobility to come to their their establishment and then escort her to the Drevlian tribe. Right. Prince Maul's like, hell yeah, sends everyone out there to go get her. Go get my wife. Go get her. It's going to be my new wife. Right. So they come out there. Best men that gov- who govern all over the different parts of their little tribal land there, the Drevlians. Uh, when she gets, when they get to her town, you know, it's it's a little later. They've been traveling. They're dirty. She she offers them to to enjoy a bathhouse. Go go in the bathhouse. Clean yourselves off. Uh, we'll make yourselves look respectable so that on the journey back you don't look so haggard. Um, these guys get into the bathhouse. She locks the doors and sets fire to the building. Burns them all alive. How how would you feel if? You were just one of those guys just doing what your king told you. <laughs> and that's and that's the things you get. You get you're like, you had nothing to do with any of this you're like, stuff. Like, dude, I didn't even you, I didn't even see the tree thing, man. I didn't even see that yeah. I wasn't even there. Why yeah. why am I a part of this? I had nothing to do with this. <laughs> okay. I'm not done, man. She wasn't finished. You ready? It goes yeah. on. So now you got some of the nobility, some of the wisest, their best men out of the way, right? The next thing is, is she sends another message saying everybody's here. They decided they're going to, you know, before that they, they go to this, um, the, the wedding to go to the tribes lands, the Drevlians. She wants to hold um, a funeral feast to mourn her husband uh, and, and do it at his grave where he's buried. And she invites um, all of all, all the Drevlians to come because she's going to be married to their prince. They should show some sort of respect. Uh, so they do. They all come. They're eating. They're drinking. And she's making sure they're all drinking. She's making sure they're continuously drinking, uh, drinking so much that they're starting to fall down drunk. Some of them are passing out. Uh, then she orders her soldiers to kill them. And she basically wipes out over 5,000 Drevlians. She goes back home. And she was waiting because she's thinking at some point they're going to realize like no one's coming back, right? And they're going to send somebody. So she starts to get her army ready to attack. And she decides she's going to move on them and take out the rest of their tribe. And the Drevlians realize, like, they messed with the wrong family. They're like, oh, crap. We uh, we can't glue him back together. Uh, let us do something else. They're begging for mercy. Like, they're paying, you know, they're trying to give them her free, their, their, their uh, honey and furs and all kinds of things. And she says, you know what? You guys, you guys really, you suffered enough. I did a lot. I'll take three pigeons and three sparrows from each of your houses. And so at all these people, you know, they start gathering up the birds that they're, they're at those times, these pigeons and sparrows and birds were kept as, as pets. They used them to, you know, pass messages. Uh, so she asks for those and they're like, yeah, sure. Because at least you're not going to kill us anymore. Right. Again, this comes from the Chronicle. I'm going to quote it. All right. I got a bad feeling about this. (laughs) Now, Olga gave to each soldier in her army a pigeon or a sparrow and ordered them to attach by thread to each pigeon and sparrow a piece of sulfur bound with small pieces of cloth. When night fell, Solja bade her soldiers release the pigeons and the sparrows. So the birds flew to their nests, the pigeons to the coats, and the sparrows under the eaves. The dovecoats, the coops, the porches, and the haymows were all set on fire. There was not a house that was not consumed and it was impossible to extinguish the flames because all the houses caught on fire at once. The people fled from the city and Olga ordered her soldiers to catch them. 
Thus, she took the city and burned it and captured the elders of the city. Some of the other captives she killed, while some she gave others to others as slaves uh, to follow her. The remnants she let to pay tribute. And then they made her a saint. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dude. Wow. Do not like what was what's the what's that verse? Uh, Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Yeah. yeah. Do not cross Olga. You serious? She wasn't joking. She was. Uh, she and she stayed in power until her her son, and then uh, you know, then the son had a, a son. The grandson took over. I don't know if her son took power or the grandson, but yeah. After that, she, you know, after the, all the murdering and all that craziness, and after that's basically her 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 stages of grief. After she got through her stages of grief, um, she found Christianity and tried to push it throughout the land. Uh, and her grand did she ever find love again? That's the real question. Ah, uh, I'm not thinking so, man. I don't know who's gonna want to go on a date with her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Could you imagine going on a date with her? Like anything you do to mess up, you're gonna be quite worried. Not only about yourself, but every person you've ever met. <laughs> what is uh, what does she put in her personal ad? Like, call me. I know how to have a good time. I'm a f- I'm fiery. <laughs> like what? Like, oh my god, barbaric, right? Yeah, I bet she really hated wishbones. <laughs> Oh Jesus! Can you, <laughs> she had all the birch trees in the land just sawed to the ground. I wouldn't blame her. I mean, that's that's the. I don't know what's the worst part of the story. <laughs> the the, like, the first part of it with the husband, or the the just the swath of death she just tore through yeah. Eastern Russia. She's like a Game of Thrones character. Seriously, right that's that was real life Game of Thrones right there. Yeah, yeah. So I I don't know. Like, man, I understand completely. Being very upset that not only was your husband killed, but killed in such a ghastly way. I mean, that's a horrible way to do it's it. It's weird, though. Like, sainthood, though. But she didn't. But the weird thing to me, though, is her vengeance wasn't just against the person or people who was responsible, but oh. it was against the whole place, <laughs> many of whom had nothing to do with it. You're right. You're right. There's yeah. just some like real sensitive artist type sitting under a tree trying to yeah. trying to paint, and all of a sudden, this sparrow comes flying by. And drops this, you know, this piece of what was it? Uh, whatever it was, coal or something. Ember or something. Yeah. yeah. And all of a sudden, the place catches fire, you know. And then the poor birds too. They're like, why? Why do they have to carry this thing that's burning underneath them? It's not their fault. And the other thing, like, <laughs> if, just, <laughs> it's just such an odd, so- odd, odd person to choose to become a saint, regardless of the fact that they found God. You know, it was just a weird, yeah. like, I saw that and I was like, oh, this is, that's odd material, man. Literally the best case scenario, if you lived in that town, was to become a slave. Yeah. That's the only way that you lived. And even that's not really living. But you're hoping so. that you were one of these people that didn't own a bird because that bird would have come back to where. <laughs> yeah. So you're just like, thank God I didn't have that bird. Like, you yeah. know. I went bird shopping it one day. I'm glad I turned it down. Like, you know what? For like two years before that happened, you know, there was like a, the villagers there and this dad had this little girl that kept going, we want to, we got to have a bird. I want to have a bird as a pet. Let's have it. And he kept saying, no, honey, it's a pain. They're a pain to clean up after. They're a pain. To- no, no, no. Two years, two years of that, right? This thing yeah. happens. Dude's house is still standing. You know, he gave his daughter a look across that breakfast table. Like, <laughs> yeah. I told you. I told <laughs> or- you. <laughs> 
what if he gave in like the day before that happened? <laughs> <laughs> they're standing, just a horrible at, they're standing out like on the street looking at the embers of what used yeah. to be their hut. And he's looking at her going, I told you. Yes. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> well, that's great. That was a horrible, strange, uh, really sad story. Odd. It was odd, too. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I, when I found that out, I was just like, okay. I don't even know. I mean, I'm sure there have been people who've been turned into saints that ha- don't have the the greatest of pasts, but that was oh, there's probably quite a few. This of is them. a yeah. this is a little much. This is like saying let's make Genghis Khan a saint. You know what I mean? Or like Adolf Hitler a saint. This is well, Genghis insane. Khan. Genghis Khan to his own people. I think a lot of them consider him a hero. So yeah. it just depends on where you're looking at it from. A lot of the times, it depends on what side of the battlefield you were on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I thought we had a couple of great ones today. I thought they were great too. You want to uh, want to tell the people where we're, they're going to find us? Because I'm ready to do it, man. I'm ready to tell them. You just tell me when. You just tell me when. Okay, you just hold your hold your horses there. Uh, you can find me, uh, Johnny Townsend at Johnnyism28 on my Instagram. That's where I put my art and such. Also, my other podcast is Retro Blist. I do it with my buddy Trevor, and we talk about old school video games. That's on this very same network that Chris will tell you about here in a second. And you can follow us. On the on the, uh, I'm getting tongue tied here. Um, you can follow us on the old Instagram as well at Retro Blist and on our Facebook uh, group page at Retro Blist as well. So on iTunes and Stitcher, give us a, a rate review. Uh, same thing with this show. And Chris, what other show is this show a part of? Uh, this show is a part of History Creeps podcast, which you will find on our network bicvp-radio.com. You'll also find my other podcast, Back Issues Comic Book Podcast. Uh, as well as a number of other shows. Very entertaining. If you find something you like, head over to iTunes and Stitcher, as Johnny said. Make sure you uh, subscribe. Make sure you comment. And most importantly, make sure you rate. Give us five-star ratings if you really enjoy the show because it totally helps us come up on lists for iTunes, gets more more people's ears uh, on our sounds. Does that make sense? I don't know. Anyway, I liked it. Anyway, so also follow our Facebook page, History Creeps. We also have an Instagram account uh, at History Creeps, um, and that's about it. That's all I've got. I, I, that's that's it. <laughs> I'm done. That's a, we're really good at endings. <laughs> <laughs> How long we've been doing that this be, now? Yeah, with that being said, everybody, stay on.